Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. Welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast, where each week I'm joined by some of the world's most renowned faces in the entertainment industry, on the sports field, corporate leaders, and inspirational thought leaders around the world, each sharing their own truth and personal journeys. Today, we have none other than Sharon Lecter. Sharon is an internationally recognized financial literacy expert, keynote speaker, and business mentor. She's a five-time New York Times bestselling author, successful entrepreneur, philanthropist, and enjoyed a 35-year career as a licensed CPA. She has advised two U.S. presidents on the topic of financial literacy. She's co-authored the international bestseller series Rich Dad, Poor Dad and 14 other books in the Rich Dad series. In 2008, when the economy crashed, she was asked by the Napoleon Hill Foundation to help re-energize the teachings of Napoleon Hill. Her best-selling books with the foundation include Three Feet from Gold, Outwitting the Devil, Think and Grow Rich for Women, and Success and Something Greater. She's also featured in the movie Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy, and on the national television series World's Greatest Motivators. Sharon's newest title, Exit Rich, supports entrepreneurs in building value and scalability in their businesses so that they can be in the position of greatest potential. First and foremost, welcome to the show, Sharon. I am delighted to be with you, Glenn. Thank you so much. Well, it is an absolute pleasure. I have been watching, I've been reading everything. Um, One of the things I really wanted to do to start with, though, is because a lot of our listeners predominantly know who you are from all your years of being an author, but they don't know maybe the before starting part. So can you take us back to the beginning in terms of what got you into financial literacy? Because if it's something that I can say, boy, if that had been in school when I was younger... (laughs) I'd have done my business, what I've done now, I've created the external to great heights, but learning in the business at the beginning would have helped me a long way. And that had to come from school. So can you take us back there? Certainly. Well, you're not alone. The vast majority of people do not learn about money. Certainly our schools are not teaching that yet. So too few are, and that's one of my biggest missions. But um, I actually grew up in a very lower middle-class home, um, but very entrepreneurial home. We lived in a little tiny house between my mom's beauty shop, my dad's used car lot. We owned uh, real estate properties that I had to go scrub out bathrooms between tenants. So I tell people I've been a real estate investor since 10. And um, we had orange groves where my dad had cash flow. So at the dinner table, we were talking about assets and cash flow, appreciation, depreciation. So I figured everybody had that kind of education. And but I, we were, again, my parents didn't even have high school diplomas. My dad went on to practically run, to run the engineering school for the Navy at Great Lakes. So he, you know, very, very brilliant man, but not traditional education. And I swore I wanted to become a professional entrepreneur, you know, a professional, not an entrepreneur. And so I was the first generation in our family to go to college. I got my degree in accounting, only woman in the classes. Um, started in public accounting in Atlanta. So I was young, single, Atlanta. It was fantastic. Had a great time. But about the ripe old age of 25, I was working on godly hours. And I said, is this all there is? 
you know, I'm kind of a control freak and I wasn't in control of my time. So I had a client invite me to go with him. He was buying a company out of bankruptcy. And I went back to my condo and did the old pros and cons because this was before cell phones, before PCs, dinosaur days. And I could, it didn't, I could argue both sides, stay in a successful trajectory career or take that road less traveled. And my hand kind of took off across the top of the page and said, why not? And that's still my mantra today. Why not do something different? Why not solve a problem, serve a need? Why not you know, chart that path that no one else has been on before. And so I happened to go and it was a terrible mistake because the company, we had all kinds of corruption, but had I not made that decision, I would not have met Michael Lecter and we just celebrated 43 years together. So Napoleon Hill says adversity, every adversity comes a seed of a greater benefit. So fast forward, we got married, we had kids. I helped start the talking children's book industry with the sound strips down the side, learned so much about business. Um, I'd learned a ton in public accounting about how businesses succeeded and probably even more valuable how businesses failed. So I was able to employ that in my own companies. And then we moved to Arizona in 1991, 1992. My oldest son went off to college and ended up coming home in December in credit card debt. I was devastated. I was mad at him, but it was more, I taught him about money. I taught him what my parents taught me. But when he got to campus, there were tables with free money, free, you know, t-shirt, free pizza, free money. So he had a really good time his first semester in college, but that was (laughs) December of 1992. And that's when I dedicated the rest of my career to financial literacy and financial education. So December to 1992 today, I'm still as passionate about it. Wow. Even even when you were speaking about your son, though, it, it, it's so true. People go in, and if I can take something from my parents, like I've never had a credit card, and I'm 38 to this day. It was like, if I can't afford it, I won't have it. And I always took that from my, my parents. Um, but in saying that, like when I look at the trajectory of your career, you could say it looks highlight, 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 and everything about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign is to really remove that mask. So as I say, on the external, highlight, 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 Behind the scenes, as an entrepreneur, what are some truths, some hard truths that you had to go through mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually? Well, I had a lot of turning points in my career and a lot of those moments when I had to decide, you know, what's next. And I had sometimes you have to close the door for other doors to open. And certainly having made a bad mistake by leaving public accounting, it was hard for me to get over that fear of losing my credentials. And then um, I we had an incredible success with a talking children's book company. And then I moved on to another talking book where we touched the page and it was a, a dismal failure. So we you, we have lots of failures that come in there in between. Success is like a up and down ro- a roller coaster, not, not a straight trajectory. And then, of course, you know, we're starting and building the Rich Dad organization over 10 years into the largest international personal finance brand was an incredible opportunity, a lot of time, energy, and effort, but hugely successful. But 10 years into it, I was miserable. You know, my partner and I were no longer getting along. He wanted to go into franchising, which was a bad business model for the franchisees. And I had to make the decision to leave at the height of our success. 
And, you know, that's what I teach people. Sometimes you have to make the decision that's right for you. You have to stand in your own truth and stand in your own power. But that was a very stressful time in my life. We were in litigation for a year, but I knew I had to make that decision. I had to stand up for myself. And so then I, I didn't know what was waiting for me. I thought my led, my legacy was rich dad. Somebody upstairs said, no, there's more for you to do. And so I got the call from President Bush asking to be on the President's Advisory Council. I served both President Bush and Obama. That I wouldn't have had that call had I still been a rich dad. So I always share that with the people watching and listening right now, is there a door in your life you need to close so other doors of opportunity will open? A few months later, March of 2008, is when I got the call from the Napoleon Hill Foundation asking me to step in and re-energize the largest personal development brand in the world. And I certainly would never have had that phone call had I been still a rich dad. So I went from a very stressful environment, very successful, but stressful to another very successful environment where there was nothing but appreciation, love and gratitude. And I really want people to pay attention to the environment they live in because it's so important. It impacts every aspect of your life. And so, yes. And then, Fast forward a few years from there, um, I lost my youngest son. There's no worse tragedy. And it's threw me into what I call my world of neutral numbness for several years. And in fact, I was keynoting in Amsterdam, you know, a couple of several years, two or three years after he passed. And they were supposed to ask me what was my worst business mistake, which was, of course, the one where I met my husband. But what they asked me in front of 1,400 people was, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? Well, there's only one answer to that, and that's losing a child. So it was the first time that I talked about it from stage, because I didn't ever want to appear to capitalize on losing a child, but I had to answer the question truthfully. And when I came off stage, Glenn, there were 250 to 300 people waiting to talk to me, to give me a hug, to tell me their story. And it was at that moment I realized how important it is to be vulnerable, to be open, to be transparent um, about the downs as well as the ups. And so, yeah, that's that's a hard one to come back from. But what's happened in the last few years, COVID and everything, There's whoever's watching and listening right now, Whatever stopped you in your tracks, it could have been an illness, it could have been a death, it could have been a divorce, it could have been a financial setback. You're still here. You're still here for a reason. And whatever you've been through, you have a gift that you can help others going through it. There's always one thing that stuck with me with, with Les Brown saying the story you were sat on, somebody out there is waiting to hear. Because even, even what you're saying there, you 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 kind of draw into a spiritual notion. And when you said that you knew that one door closed for another to be open, what would you say to any entrepreneur that's, they're always on the, the, the sitting fence. They're like, should I, should I not? What was that innate ability that you found in your sense to go, I need to do this to jump? Well, if you've not read my book, Outwitting the Devil, which was written by Napoleon Hill in 1938 and hidden for 73 years, I had the honor of bringing it out. It talks about how to get past the fear, how to get past that numbness. And the first thing is definiteness of purpose. And so if you're on the fence, go back to the beginning. 
what is your definiteness of purpose? And for me, my definiteness of purpose didn't change since December of 92. And that was to help people take control of their financial lives, to elevate the financial well-being of humanity through cost-effective methods. And so that's, at that moment in time, I knew I had to leave Rich Dad because we were changing to a model where people had to pay thousands of dollars for a franchise. And I just didn't believe it. It was not consistent with my definiteness of purpose. And so I made that decision that helped me get off the fence. I'd been on that fence for several years because it was not a good work environment for the last couple of years. And so go back to your purpose, which is bigger than you, because that's what keeps you focused. That's what helps you decide the next step. And then ask yourself, why not? You know, indecision is a decision, right? And in Outwitting the Double, we talk about drifters, people that just kind of go with the flow. And Napoleon Hill talks about 98% of the world are drifters. They don't, they're not decisive. They don't know what they want. They don't know their definite purpose. And so if you can focus on what it is you want, what problem do you want to solve? What need do you want to serve? That allows you to become a non-drifter, which means you're in control of your thoughts, your words, and your actions. And that's the three things that each of us can control, our thoughts, our words, our actions. But if you allow your thoughts to be negative, if you allow your thoughts to be stinking thinking, like I'm not good enough, I'm not bright enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not thin enough, then that impacts your words and your actions. So start with how you're thinking. What are you putting into your subconscious? What are you putting into your brain? And if you focus on your definite purpose, it becomes a driver of everything you do. Your book, Outwit and the Devil, I was listening to it a lot in the gym whilst I was working out. And there were some people who could hear through the headphones. And it was like, that's a little bit full on, isn't it? The conversations, <laughs> they were like, what are you listening to? And it's, it's an incredible, it taught me a lot. And as I say, with the financial literacy stuff, because everyone from an external always sees the highlights of everything, the celebs, the publicity, and behind the scenes, it's a lot different. Like you often say, I watched a TEDx talk with you and it, it was really impactful to the point it was like you wanted to move working on the business rather than in the business. I suppose moving forward with everything that you are now, you've just done um, a big convention. Can you tell us more about that? Like what are the three main top tips you give to entrepreneurs? Because these days we see online through COVID, everybody jumping on and being an expert or a guru. But before cell phones, before social media, people had to really make it about relationships to build partnerships, trust and integrity. So what are the three things from your experience would you say that makes you an ultimate leader and to be successful in business? Well, every interview I do, every speak, speech I give, I share the personal success equation that I share in the, my first book with the Napoleon Hill Foundation called Three Feet from Gold. And it really has no numbers in it, so don't panic. But the formula is P plus T, passion plus talent. That's what your purpose is and your experience. And so I had 35 years as a CPA, lots of years in publishing. So I could combine my passion, which was mad we weren't teaching people about money, with my talent. And most of us stop there. And that's one of the biggest problems because we think we have to do everything by ourselves. 
And that P plus T is followed by times A, power of association, number one secret to my success my entire career, surrounding myself with the right people, having mentors, making sure I have people on my team who are strong where I am weak. And then times A, taking action. How many times do you know what you're supposed to do? You just don't do it. And that's, you know, procrastination, laziness, whatever the answer is, you know, that you have to take action in order to transform and to have success. So passion plus talent times power of association, taking action, and then you wrap it all in one bundle and there's a plus F and that's faith, faith in yourself, faith in what you're doing, faith that is needed and necessary and faith that you will succeed. But for many of us, Glenn, that F is actually fear. And that fear prevents us from achieving the level of success that we deserve. That fear holds us back. It's like putting blinders on your heads down. So you don't even see the opportunities are there. And when you can take that fear, because fear does one of two things. It paralyzes us or it motivates us. And most of us are paralyzed by fear, which means we don't get the next step. And if we can turn that fear into energy, fear into focus, focus into energy, and then you do it anyway, because that's what allows you to move forward, stepping outside your comfort zone, but doing it with the right associations. Because when I have new clients, usually they need the most work in faith in themselves and association, and they go hand in hand. When you have the right people on your team, you have the right mentor that sees what you can't see. Then when you have a bad day, they don't let you stay there. They pull you right back up. And so each and every, you can go to personalsuccessequation.com. I have an ebook that takes you through that process so that you can look at your own personal success equation, your passion, your talents. Those are your own. That's what you own. But then who's in your world? Are they pulling you back or are they pushing you forward? Are you taking action to move your business forward every single day? And are you doing it with confidence and faith in yourself? What would you say from all the the work you've done in financial literacy in ways that there are a lot of people with that fear that are stuck with this money mentality, with this mindset towards, I want to invest but I can't invest because I'm trying to hold on to what I've got. But like I said, everything changed for me when I invested in a mentor and built relationships. So from yourself, even even teaching our kids, if there's something that you could say to people, how do you look at money? Well, money is emotional. You know, the value we give it is what was in our brain. And so if you think about First, where, what is your money mindset? Is it one of scarcity or abundance? And the vast majority of people have scarcity mindsets because growing up, your parents said things like money doesn't grow on trees, pinch your pennies, save for a rainy day, money is evil, rich people are greedy. Well, what do all those things have in common? They're negative. So as a child, you're hearing money negative, money negative, money negative. The gift that I had was that didn't happen in my world. So money negative, money negative. And so no wonder we end up with the scarcity mindset. 
And so the first step is to kind of laugh about it and realize where it came from, because then you can start releasing it and realize we live in a world of abundance and shift that mindset. That's one of the greatest things I do with people. My superpower is getting people to recognize that when people are with a new business partner or a new life partner, I say, go on a money date, go out and talk about how your parents talked about or realized money, because you're going to reveal a lot of things that you need to work through that's going to prevent problems in the future, because it truly is a huge issue, because people are afraid they're never going to have enough money. Then they become successful, and they're afraid they're going to lose it. And so you have to work on the mindset. Every program I create, every initiative, every um, mentorship I have, I take people through a process of not just what you need to do about your money, but what you need to do about your mindset, because they have to be in tandem so that you can get the greatest rewards. Yeah. And that's why I see when you see online and there's a lot of these programs and it's like a carbon copy and you see these online gurus that suddenly go, I'm making 10x a month and I'm doing this and you're seeing this. And I'm like, but you've not worked on your trigger points. You've not worked on that financial literacy part. So to say that, to lead people into it, it's a form of manipulation in selling because if you're not there and me, I've this walk of faith has come through here. I wasn't brought up around it. So that F for me is faith now, but it truly has taken me on a level of going deep within myself and going, if you aren't speaking your truth, you're not attracting the right people because you're not on the same frequency as people. But what is the best single piece of advice that you have actually ever received? Um, My parents would tell me all the time, um, you can do anything you want to as long as you're focused on it. But the best piece of advice I had was every night my dad would ask me, Sharon, have you added value to someone's world today? And wouldn't the world be a better place if we each focused on adding value to someone else's world and become givers, not takers? And you know what you just said is so, and I love imperfectly perfect. You know, I, I tell everybody, and I'm talking to whoever's watching right now, I'm looking at you, okay, just the two of us, okay? You are perfect just the way you are. God created you to be the perfect you, not me, not Glenn. And so in our society, we've been raised to say, I'm not as pretty as her. I'm not as tall as him. I'm not as strong as him. I'm not as thin as her. And we're constantly judging ourselves through the eyes of others, And it's so important for you to stand in your own truth, stand in your own power. You know, I have to admit that I'm never going to be a size two. Okay, I got that. I have to admit that I'm never going to have my 40s back again. I'm 69. I have to admit that who I am right now today is a choice of all the choices I made before today. And if I want something different, something better, I have to start making different choices today. I can't rely on someone else. And so be in your own power. Understand you can learn from other people. You can learn from their experiences, both good and bad. That's the value of a mentor. But you are here on earth for a reason. You have a contract with God. You have a contract with this greater universe to be you, no one else. And you are fabulous just the way you are. You already you are an expert because nobody's had your successes or your learning opportunities. The question that I want is I want to help you create, go from an expert to the expert on the way to becoming the authority so that you truly can impact the world around you. 
See, you're just taking my next question out of my mouth. I normally ask everybody, what does being imperfectly perfect mean to you? And you just said it so rightly there. Everything that you've done, if you could look back, you've had an incredible career though. So this question could be redundant, but what would you tell your younger self if you had to do anything different? Well, Glenn, I, as you can imagine, probably I get asked a question a lot and yeah, you know, I, I want to answer it with respect in the fact that um, I would highlight the fact that I could do anything I want if I just put enough energy into it. But I don't really like to have people look back. I don't want to look back because I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't made the choices, both good and bad, along the way. Yeah. Obviously, if I could change uh, something in the past, I wouldn't have lost my son. Um, but we are all, as I said earlier, we're, we're who we are today because of the choices we made. And so your power is in your hands today. So don't try to think about the past because the past problems we had, you know, a lot of people use those as definitions. I'm a failure. No, you had a failure. It's an occurrence. What, you know, failure mistakes in the past happened. There are occurrences or things that now hopefully you've learned from. They're not definitions. And so do not dwell in the past, particularly women. We tend to carry our things around with us like an old sack of potatoes. Um, but realize that you're here today. You have every opportunity. There's more opportunity to create success today than ever before in this world. So seize that opportunity and start making the choices that will allow you to put yourself in the position of greatest and highest potential. I love that answer so well, because it's right. You do, you, if you look back, your tiny emotions, and when you tie emotions, you end up triggering yourself and going around in cycles. So I, very right. So your, your latest book, Exit Rich. I, I want to put an exclamation point on what you just said, though. High emotion low intelligence, all right? High emotion equals low intelligence. That's why it is so important to have a mentor who can step into your world without the emotion and help you see more clearly about what's going on in your world. Um, and Exit Rich is actually a result of so many people not being able to sell businesses, so many people getting upset and frustrated, thinking they have a business worth $10 million, finding out that n nobody wants it. And it's because they haven't done the foundational work. And part of it is you're talking about all the gurus. There are lots of gurus out there telling you how to sell, how to market, um, you know, how to build funnels. But my husband and I teach people how to build your business from day one so that it can be an asset. My favorite word on earth is asset. So that at some point when you are wanting to exit, you have something that somebody wants. Because a business is not, too many people build a job, not a business. And so in our pro, we have a, a program called Essential Components of a Successful Business, my husband and I did. But a couple of years ago, I wrote a book with Michelle Sawyer Tucker, Exit Rich, in conjunction with Inc. Magazine. And it's about building your business from the bottom up. With the, with the structure, the foundation, the, the ability to not just have a successful business, to have one that is scalable and sustainable and eventually saleable. You don't have to sell it, but you want to be able to exit at some point, get your time back, and maybe you're letting other people run it. But the issue is 
Can you do that? Ask yourself, can you walk away from your business for six months and come back and have it stronger and more successful than when you left? Most people are going, you know, even at the thought, right? Which you might mean that you own a job. So the business system. So the six P's, or we talk about the six P's of building a business. People, right? Do you have the right people on your team? Do you have the right people in the right seats? Are you doing too much yourself? And then your products, of course. What are you offering? Are you offering a service or a tangible product? Understanding that you've put the access in there. Processes. Your business systems. Your competitive advantage not just comes not just from your product, but your processes. Do you make it quicker, easier delivery, cheaper, higher quality? Your business systems are very valuable to your business because you don't want to manage people. You want to manage systems. Somebody screws up, you go back and say, well, you know, what went wrong in the system? That takes the personality out of it, gets rid of that emotion, right? And then you have proprietary, your intellectual property. Over 90% of the value of Fortune 500 companies today is in in, in intangible assets, intellectual property. That's what's allowed us to level a playing field as a small company versus all those big companies. It's what you know, your expertise, your processes, your intellectual property, and number five, your people, your database. And in today's world, far too many companies get excited about their social media presence, which is great, but that's a lead generation. That's not a value proposition. Mm. It's a lead generation. And you want to nurture those people out on social media that follow you and bring them home because you don't own them. Facebook does. Instagram does. And too many of us have found out what it's like to be in Facebook jail, right? And so you want to create a system to invite them home into your database. Many companies sell simply for their database. And then the sixth P is profit. And if your profit's not where it's supposed to be, it's probably because one of those other P's is not lined up. So we talk about how to get your business situated so that you build the biggest strength from a standpoint of the legal foundation of your business, the right agreements with outside people. A lot of people use independent contractors for their headshots, for their website, all the, and they don't have a work for hire agreement, which means they don't own them. And that's a huge issue. 95% of the companies out there have not taken the steps they need to, to make sure they have established their ownership of their intellectual property. That was a very long answer to your question. But But you know what? You just said it perfectly because ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening, this is the difference between a lot of people online telling you the stuff and then people who really know business and understand throughout this whole thing that I've done and interviewed some incredible people like yourself, there is a huge disparity. And I'm always telling people the biggest quality to have is to listen because you know, and you gain the discernment who knows their stuff and even little, little things like you said, they're each, they equate to this big picture. And you know, the difference between somebody who's saying they can scale your business 10 X within 12 weeks and who it takes time and it takes people, your mentor to understand your business and get inside your head first and foremost. And you certainly do that. And yeah, the work you've done is just incredible. If there's anything you could leave our audience and say, what would it be? You are the CEO of your own life. And 
step up and own it. You know, too many people you know, like live below the line. They lay blame, they justify, they make excuses. And if you want to truly be successful and make an impact in the world and play a bigger game, I, I guarantee you every single one of you watching should be playing a bigger game. And that's when I, after I lost my son, I thought about retiring. I got a lot of pushback. And when I made the decision to play big again, because I'd been playing with the Disney's, the Warner's and Time Life's of the world, um, I said, I'm not going to do it alone. So I established a private Facebook group called the Play Big Movement. So I could share the things that I'm doing. But once I made that decision to play big again, those opportunities, they'd always been there, but I hadn't recognized them because I'd been wearing blinders. Say, I know I can make a bigger impact. So the Play Big Movement is about being number one in your field, authority in your field. So earn the right. Establish your legacy because your legacy is every single day with every heart you touch. So be number one in your field, live your legacy and create maximum impact. Because then you know when you go to bed at night that you truly have added value to other people's lives and you have, you know, been a good servant to being a contributor to society. Wow. And I've, I've just felt led to say this. What was your son's name? William Eric Lecter. Wow. And he's with you each and every day. So Yes, he is. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you for your time. It has been an absolute honor, Sharon. Where can people find out more information about you? And what have you coming up? I know you've just come back off the end of an event. So <laughs> are you taking some time off or are you going straight into another? Thank you, Glenn. No, I, you know, I, I don't consider what I do work. So yeah, I, my physical body needed a little extra time this morning to get up and get going after <laughs> 40 straight hours of Zoom um, events where I was the conductor. So is even more energy involved, but um, I love what I do. And so I, I invite everybody connect with me on Instagram, Sharon Lecter. There's a bunch of fake ones, but look for the one that's real. Um, and then, Connect with me, SharonLector.com. Info at Sharon Lecter is my email. My Facebook is author Sharon Lecter is the professional page. And I just invite all of you to connect, connect with me because I love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you think about our conversation today. Um, but I'd love to have just establish that relationship because remember, I talk about power of association. I welcome you all to join my community. Is there's no price, but to be part of it and and really consider what you're allowing into your thoughts. I'll do one last pitch for you, and this is um, when COVID started. I was absolutely unhappy about all the negativity in the world. It just made me mad. And when I get mad, I usually start a new company. And so I launched um, something called ATMs and it's a take on bank deposits, but it's a daily um, abundance, abundance tips and mentorship is what it stands for. And every morning I share a tip and it's um, I've just done my 1200th one and I just love it. People love it. They get engaged and it's very short, but it keeps you getting going, going. And it's like $8 a month, $88 for the year. But um, you can go to atm.sharonlector.com if you want more information. But it helps me get, get my day started right. And it helps you get your day filling your brain with something positive. And at the end of each one, 
I say, okay, I want you to say it with me. I am fabulous. So I say, say it with me. I am fabulous. And I, yes, you are. So go out and make it an incredible day. And, you know, if it's not mine, find something else that gets your day started in a positive environment because that's what keeps you going. It is. It is. And yes, I was checking the ATM out of $8 a month. Incredible. You do need to be around the right people and you do need to get in that mindset because if you're not, you're constantly tying those emotions and you're keeping yourself going stagnant and We've all been in there in the past, so to move forward. So, guys, I'm going to put all the links to where you can find Sharon. You can find a website and all the social media. Make sure to connect with this incredible lady. But remember, with the Imperfectly Perfect campaign, the main aim of this is to get those hard conversations started because it's the hard conversations that save lives. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.